0: Welcome to Live from West End, really, really excited for this year, 2023 to 2024 school year. I'm Andrew Wilf, the sports editor, and I am joined by Aiden Ruttman, deputy sports editor for the Vanderbilt Hustler. It's really exciting to be back on campus. Today was my last first day of school ever, unless I go to grad school. Really a nostalgic feeling being back back on West End, but really exciting. Football is just around the corner. It's Thursday right now, and the game's on Saturday, so that's really soon, just two days two days away. And really excited to get back and tell you guys all about our insights about Vanderbilt football and Vanderbilt soccer. But without further ado, Aiden, what, what have been your thoughts about Vanderbilt football this season? I am feeling, as always,
1: optimistic. That was kind of my, yeah. my brand last year for our longtime listeners um, and, and my fans and supporters. Thank you all. For listening, um, I think there is a lot of reason for optimism. I think there are probably a couple weaker spots with you know the departures in the secondary, and, and we'll talk a little bit you know about each position by position. But I think there's a lot of reason for optimism, and I think this is going to be a solid team this year. I think we're going to make a bowl game. I really do.
0: Absolutely, and when we think about the schedule, it's it's really interesting how important the non-conference matchups will be. Huge. So Vanderbilt opens up against Hawaii. They beat sixty-three to ten last week. You, but you can't chalk up any game to a win because you look at Vanderbilt's loss to East Tennessee State um, in 2021. Yep, you you can't have that happen again because then you'll have to win at least three to four bowl games or three to four SEC games. So when you look at the non-conference slate, where do you see Vanderbilt needing to get a win other than the Hawaii game, Aiden?
1: I think that Alabama A&M and UNLV are both absolutely must-wins. Must-wins, okay. Um, I do kind of think Wake Forest is more of a winnable game than people would imagine just based on the results last year. Obviously, losing Sam Hartman is a is a pretty big loss for the Demon Deacons, um, and we'll talk more about that in, in the upcoming matchup in a couple weeks, I feel like. But I do think all four are winnable. I'm expecting 3-1, and one, but I, I think... There is some reason to believe that they can they can beat Wake Forest. You know, carrying momentum, starting with two home games, both. You know, like you said, you never want to jinx it. And you never want to like overlook any opponent after East Tennessee, which was, by the way, the first game I ever watched at the school, which was a real bummer. Um, but
0: I think they can have momentum, and I think they can win. And Aiden, how do you think? I don't know if people understand what's going on on West End right now. A part of the Vanda United initiative, the Vanderbilt Stadium is under construction on both end zones to add club seating and premium hospitality benefits. The seating will be going from 40,000 to 28.5 thousand. That's a big adjustment. How will the construction affect the day-to-day effect of the game, Aiden? I don't know. I think
1: obviously they've been getting clowned on social media for it. It's been a big topic. I've been getting DMs from a lot of my friends about it. Um, I think it hurts, but at the same time, I don't know the last time that Vanderbilt had 28,000 home fans at a game. Um, it, it hasn't been in my time here. So I do think long run is well worth it because they'll still get people there and it'll still be the same consistent group of Commodore faithful. Um, day-to-day, it's going to be kind of weird. I mean, you can see all around campus there's a ton of construction right. uh, and, and it feels a little bit less homey than usual. Um, but at the same time, I think that all the players on the team are committed to the future and, and they know what they're trying to build. And I think this, even though it's not necessarily related to the on-field product and the wins and losses in the next couple of years with Clark Lee and with this, you know, long running rebuild that they're doing, I think they're all committed to it. And I think that's a part of it.
0: And what's upsetting is on on Twitter, I saw a few tweets saying, how could clark lee be a coach how bad must you feel when there's construction and vanderbilt looks like a high school stadium to give context vanderbilt is competing against the georgias and alabamas of the world who have the best athletic facilities in the country yep for vanderbilt to get these really good recruits and and keep these really solid athletes you have to have amazing facilities and vanderbilt does in some sort but they're doing ne- they need to make it one of one type A and, and that that's what they're striving to, to do. But but let's let's discuss more about the Vanderbilt roster and, and where we think there has really been improvement. I, I just think about the offensive point of view. Everyone really stays except running back Ray Davis yep. and, and backup slash fill in quarterback Mike Wright, who's now the backup of Mississippi State behind Will Rogers. Ray Davis was a bell cow. He was a great player. He ran for over a thousand rushing yards. He had an amazing senior season, but it's really going to be exciting to see how Patrick Smith, Cedric Alexander, and Chase Gillespie really have a good running back by committee under uh, offensive coordinator Joey Lynch. I'm really excited to see that. And also, in college football, that freshman to sophomore seasons is the most important. And how will A.J. Swan command this offense? Only time can tell, but people have really been excited with with his fall camp. He had ten touchdowns last season. You look about his. You think about his NIU game where he scored four touchdowns in his first game ever. So th- there's a lot of excitement going on. But Eden kind of want to know what your f- feelings are about the Vanderbilt offense going into Saturday.
1: I share a very similar sentiment. I thought the offense was pleasantly surprising at a lot of times last year, and I think that that will be the case even more so this season. I think something that gets overlooked a lot. That you know doesn't necessarily have to do with AJ Swann's jump, which I think will definitely be made. You know, don't get me wrong; they returned all five starting offensive linemen. I believe that's huge. Yes, like, that continuity cannot be understated. You know, it's such a different type of position that cohesion that needs to happen between all five of those guys, and then ad- additionally the tight ends is massive for the running game, the passing game, like. I've always been a big promoter and this is the Giants fan in me that has seen terrible offensive line after terrible offensive line put out. You got to build from the trenches out. 100%. Um and I think that they've done that and I think that you know another year under Joey Lynch which is the first time in quite a few years that they've had the same offensive coordinator two seasons in a row which is definitely worth noting, you know, another jump from AJ Swan who by the way played his first season after having only been at the school for like six months like he came early but you know he he was excellent all things considered um I think there are going to be a lot of jumps I'm a big believer in Patrick Smith I was kind of disappointed by his output last season I know he had some struggles staying on the field um but especially with the offensive line coming back he had a pretty productive freshman season I think he's going to fill in pretty nicely for Ray Davis uh I have high hopes I really do
0: and Patrick Smith is such a different runner than Ray so he's a smaller guy kind of a gadget runner but He won't be able to be on the field the entire game, but that's where you see Gillespie and Alexander being able to fill in. Yeah, And then when we look at the offensive line, it's the stars from the beginning of last season because Bradley Ashmore ended up being injured after the eighth game of the season for the end of the year. So it's the ideal type of situation you have. You have continuity mm-hmm. in every room. And you yep. look at the receiver room. Will Shepard's dra- an NFL draft prospect. Yep. Quincy Skinner, Jaden McGowan. It's really exciting, but, but what needs to happen is the Vanderbilt offense needs to stay on the field, and that will happen through great ground-and-pound game, yep. and, that, and that's going to be really important in, in showing that against Hawaii. But moving on to the defensive end, how do you think losses with Anfernee Orgy, Max Warship, and, and, and those type of guys? Also, you think about Jeremy Lucian, Jeremy Lucian Elijah McAllister, who's out at Auburn. How do you see the Vanderbilt secondary and the Vanderbilt linebackers healing those wounds this season? I think
1: the secondary is probably the Achilles heel of this team. Um, obviously, Lucien's a big loss. Max Worship is a big loss. Um, B.J. Anderson is going to be you know, one of the starting corners this season, at least at the beginning, and he struggled a lot last year. Hopefully another season, you know, he was a transfer. Hopefully another season kind of helps him out and helps him, you know, continue to acclimate i think tyson Russell is a solid player at corner and then martel height has received a lot of praise in camp I- i've been hearing um i think that the linebacker core despite losing anthony orgy is still pretty strong i think kane patterson i've always been a big fan of his obviously a clemson transfer so you know he's got that uh championship dna yep. however you want to call it um his brother Langston patterson has had a couple of really good camps ethan Barr, obviously is like a super veteran starter um, and I think you know he's obviously the captain of the team he's kind of like the quote-unquote quarterback of that defense and then arguably the best player on the team probably the best player on the defense CJ Taylor on the outside playing anchor um, there were a little bit of rumors of him going to Tennessee him coming back was obviously huge I think the linebacker core is pretty strong and I think they'll do a good job hopefully of generating some pressure to some extent and alleviating pressure off the cornerbacks and then also you know occasionally dropping back and and giving some extra help and coverage
0: and let's not forget everyone cj taylor was the player that helped out anthony orgy against missouri last year when they strip sacked the quarterback to to have a number one play on sports center casually it, hurtled over an offensive it just line. it just showed taylor's unmatched athletic ability yep and that's going to be incredibly important in these non-conference matchups when you have a little bit less skilled players on the perimeter, where Taylor can really shut them out on the outside, and then let's not forget about Jalen Mahoney. He's been he's the captain, and he's really going to command that secondary. And he he made plays all over the field, one interception, one sack. But he, he was he was just always on the field, he's and consistent. continuity is the yeah. most important thing on fo- in football. Hundred percent. And the issue with every year. First few minutes of the game, everyone gets a little tired. That's what now we're gonna transition a little. That's what I'm a little bit worried about on Saturday. First eleven minutes of, of last year's matchup against Hawaii, Vanderbilt was caught sleeping. They were yep. down touchdown and, and really couldn't get anything together, but but suddenly they they got their act together and and changed the narrative around. Aiden, what will be the keys to not have a, a first quarter sleep attack for Vanderbilt? I think it's like you said a few
1: minutes ago. I think the ground and pound and establishing that run game is key. Vanderbilt tried to do that all season last year, and I think to some extent they did a really good job with it. Other games they really struggled with it, and it kind of put a lot of pressure on Swan as a freshman and McGowan as a freshman and Shepard being kind of the only you know, more experienced receiver on that team. I think being able to establish that running game, be able to use the play action, be able to really take time off the clock, be able to get not only you know on the inside – but also on the outside, get you know Jaden McGowan involved with end-arounds and sweeps and all those fun gadgety plays that are kind of like his quote unquote specialty is really essential. What about you? What are, what are you thinking?
0: Hundred percent. And costly turnovers, costly losses for 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 yardage cannot happen. Yeah, I look for AJ Swan using his legs a little, kind of tiring the Hawaii defense out at first, and then Vanderbilt pinning pinning Hawaii down deep if they go three and out. Just really simple things. But it's gonna be really interesting to see how the climate affects both teams. Obviously, Hawaii is used to this weather. I don't know if they're even quite ready for this type of humidity. It is a scorcher this week. It's not quite gonna gonna hit 100 degrees, but it's gonna be pretty close by kickoff. It's and gonna feel like 100 degrees. It's gonna feel like 100 degrees, and, and to win those games, you just need to run the defense off the field. And Patrick Smith will look to ju- just do just that. Yeah, no, and I think another thing that comes in there is
1: just the importance of depth and giving your players rest. Um, and I think that a lot of Vanderbilt's key positions have that type of depth. Obviously, Swan will be on the field the whole time. But, you know, when Smith tires out, Gillespie has experience. He played against Hawaii last year, had a nice game. Pretty sure he scored a touchdown against Hawaii. Yeah, he did. Um, At the,
0: the third or fourth quarter. And Cedric
1: Alexander is... You know, obviously he's a freshman, so we haven't seen anything from him in the black and gold, but absolute speed demon, really, really good player. Um, I believe he was a three star recruit, but but you know, on the higher end of the three star and I think he uh he will definitely see some playing time, especially just uh not having that bell cow
0: like Ray Davis that they had last year. And he'll hopefully, God willing, he will definitely get get playing time by the second half. Hopefully the, the starters will be off the field by then, kind of like the Hawaii game last year. But you Fingers never know. Crossed. Fingers you never crossed. know. Hawaii has a lot to play for. Let's not forget that there's a wildfire and there's really terrible natural disaster out of Hawaii. We send our prayers there. Yes, yes. best wishes. And w- when you think about how much a community loves their Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, it's really unlike any other. And the way sports can kind of galvanize and lift up a community when natural disasters and natural occurrences happen is really remarkable and Hawaii has a lot to play for and before the game Vanderbilt and Hawaii will be making a prayer and, and a moment of silence but let, let's not forget that this Hawaii team is is experienced and, and the coach now is going into their second year and has a lot less question marks than they did last year 100% if people don't forget so people don't forget Hawaii had seven quarterbacks on the depth chart last year they didn't know who would start now they have one but but Those little things are really important, and and Hawaii will be playing for a lot, and it's going to be really—it's going to be more of a matchup than people think. I agree.
1: I mean, you just think about the difference between Clark Lee's team one in week one, losing to Eastern Tennessee, and then coming out and thrashing Hawaii last year. The difference that just one year can make, just having that continuity, having those returners and just being stable is huge. It's massive, and I I don't think that can be understated. And that's not to say that year two to three of Clark Lee won't help combat that and won't see more improvement. Vanderbilt, I definitely do expect to win this game. I know we'll talk about that later. But a lot more continuity. They lost some people on defense. They got a couple really nice transfers um, for their program. Uh, and I think they're they're going to be a lot more competitive than they were last year.
0: Yeah, and now when we look at the Hawaii roster, I'm really excited to see their secondary I mean, we were just talking about this before the show. Their secondary is really strong, and then matching up against the Vanderbilt wide receivers will be great that because is my, that's our strong suit against yeah, theirs.
1: that is my uh, most exciting matchup of the, ga- of the game, I would say.
0: And I'm sure you'll have that. Aiden's going to be releasing uh, three matchups to watch today, and I'm sure you're going to be really yes, honing be in on that. Yes, that is going to be
1: highlighted for sure because um, I think it should be really excited, you know, talking about their cornerback room. They have three returners in the secondary um two safeties and then Verdell Edwards is their you know starting corner and then Jim Thorpe preseason watch list member Cameron Stone from Wyoming uh is is a transfer and he should be kind of that second guy in in the secondary for in terms of corners I think he's going to be really good I think this is a strong strong secondary from Hawaii and it, it really combats Vanderbilt's biggest strengths as well
0: And sometimes you see the number one corner not going at the number one guy, but all of their three corners are going to match up really well against Skinner, McGowan, and Shepard, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I think for A.J. Swan, understanding, go through all your reads, be patient in the pocket, don't make errant mistakes. That will be key for Vanderbilt to kind of not let the Hawaii secondary shut them out. Yeah,
1: I think pass protection is going to be big in this. I mean, Hawaii was absolutely terrible at getting to the passer, just 17 sacks last season, and then they lost a couple guys. Um, so, you know, they, they've got a few a few nice players. They've got Logan Taylor. He's, like, kind of their best linebacker. Um, and then John, and forgive me if I butcher this pronunciation, but Tui Tupu um, is I'm, kind I, of, I
0: can't tell if it's Tui tupo or Tui Tupu, but let it, who knows? Let's just go with your pronunciation and go with it. Yeah. Um, either way... He is uh
1: he's their guy up front. He is a defensive tackle though, so he's not gonna be, you know, getting to the quarterback as much as some of those defensive ends should be. So I think, you know, we talked about the continuity of the offensive line and how important that is and how cohesive we expect that unit to be, just kind of showing that they can dominate a lesser unit and, and give Swan the time to go through all those progressions, shake off potentially any rust that the team might have, um, I think will be will be pretty key in this matchup for sure.
0: A hundred percent. I'm really excited to 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 see what's going up, going to happen. Anish said in his bylines piece that that running back Tylen Hines is an, is an absolute titan. He's yeah. only five seven, but pound for pound, the strongest person on the team. And to see him against a Miles Cecil and Miles Kaper and a Nate Clifton, that'll be a great matchup. I'm just so excited for football to get back. It's, it's it's the best time of year. It really is. I f- I hate the summer sports. It's just after the NBA finals, and I'm a Mets fan. Well, that's just, why you hate the summer sports. It's just unbearable. It's just unbearable. Yeah, and, and I can't wait for fo- football to get back. And and th- this is where the the, the sports eclipse is going to get back. We're going to get basketball, baseball, football, and and hopefully great success back on West End. But what better way to start than a win against Hawaii? And I and I have a lot of faith for for these Commodores to win their to win their second consecutive season opening game.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's exciting. One thing I will add, while we're briefly on the topic of baseball, is the last time we were in the studio, Bryce was just absolutely clowning me for the Orioles, uh, for being an Orioles fan. Interesting,
0: T- so tell us why you're an Orioles fan. You're a New York guy.
1: Yes, I am from Westchester, New York, for my loving faithful that don't know. Um, I am surrounded by Yankees and Red Sox fans, and I find them just, super annoying, just unbelievably, incessantly chirping each other, complaining about their teams, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay, this was probably two or three years ago. I was like, okay, well, let me pick a team that can root against both of them. And I looked at the standings because I knew nothing about baseball of the AL East, and I saw, all right, the Blue Jays are pretty good. They've got this young guy, Vlad Guerrero. They should be pretty good. I think they'll be good in the future, and they're fine, whatever. And then the Rays, I think we're in the middle of a fantastic season. So I was like, I'm no front runner. If Aiden Rutman is anything— He's not a front-runner, and that is evidenced by my long-standing faith of the New York Giants and New York Knicks, who have both been terrible for most of my life. Um, So I picked the Orioles, and then lo and behold, 2.5 years later, they're the best team in the American League, and I am just feeling really uh, revered. And now
0: you have Enrique Bradfield to root for. I do.
1: That was so cool. I'm totally going to get his jersey once he gets called up in a couple years. I think um, he will be sort of the... Air apparent for Cedric Mullins in center field because Cedric Mullins is probably
0: going to leave. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're we're going to talk about now anything but Vandy segment where where we just talk about anything that's been interesting to you other than Vanderbilt sports. You want you want to tap off? Um, yeah, let me uh, let me think about what is on
1: my mind. I like to literally let it come to me. So let me ask you, Andrew: red grapes or green grapes?
0: Green. Crispy.
1: And, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But don't you think there's something to be said about a crispy red grape and just like that sweetness that comes from it?
0: There is, but it's too sweet for me.
1: Okay. I respect that. I respect that. Um, have you ever had a cotton candy grape?
0: Oh, yeah. Those are good, but they get like... It just sounds weird it when does. I hear cotton can- candy grape. I it just does. don't want to believe in it. Yeah, There's something non... like. Oh it's super GMO, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But absolutely delicious. We would get them every year in California and we'd go on vacation because that was like all they used to sell them at was in like a Ralph's supermarket in California. Um so we'd buy like four of them and they for some reason were like seventeen dollars a bag. It was absolutely atrocious. Um but it was so worth it. Like I would I would spend twenty dollars on a bag right now, like in an instant. Um, but yeah, that's what's on my mind. Grapes. I'm uh I'm missing I'm missing home, missing all the fresh fruit in my fridge. I would say.
0: Um, but yeah, that's what I got. That's a good one. I like it. Um, so for me, like I said at the beginning of the segment, today was my, or yesterday on Wednesday was my, first was my last first day of school, and I've obviously been going to school since kindergarten. It it hadn't really hit me until Wednesday night, and I was sitting and thinking. Man, I've been in school all these years, but what's something tangible that I'll always be able to remember about it? And something my mom always had me do was at the beginning of the school year, she would have me put a, write on a piece of paper, like, Andrew, first day of school, first grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, 2016, all those years, and then i i didn't do it freshman sophomore and junior year of college because i wasn't living at home right but my mom texted me she's like have a great first day of school and i was like you know it would make her day if i wrote down on the sign Uh andrew start of 16th grade 2023 24 senior class of 2024 and i i took a picture my friend took it on on, on the stairs of, of where i'm living I sent to my mom and she was so emotional and that just kind of shows it's the little things when, when school starts and some people say, Oh, I don't love the ceremonial ideas or the beginning or the end. It's not that important, but I think it means something more. It means it means the coming of age, really becoming an adult. And, and it's really an exciting thing. And I know that when I have children, I'm going to do just that. And, and that, that's something that that really hit, hit my heart pretty, pretty good.
1: Very wholesome story. Very nice. I like that a lot. Um,
0: yeah. I guess I didn't you'll, realize you'll, how close it is. You'll be there next year. I was going
1: to say, I got one
0: year left uh, until I'm, I'm in your shoes. So everyone says, you know, it, it goes by so fast. It does go by fast. Oh but my God, it's gone. If it went so by fast. slow, there'd be less urgency in life. You have to have urgency. And, and I think if I go back, go to bed at night that I made college the most that I ever could, I was able to find a student newspaper that I could really commit to. And and show my love for sports in a, in a tangible way. I know I did just that, and that's really exciting. And I, and I can't wait to continue storytelling this year. And then yeah, so I want to transition to hotter than chicken. That's a segment we're gonna do. It's our hot takes. Our you know hot hot chicken. It, it's Nashville's bread and butter. What is your hotter than chicken take, Aiden? My hotter than chicken take
1: is that AJ Swan. Will throw for 25 plus touchdowns en route to a third team All SEC selection. That was great. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to make that jump. Everyone talks about the first year, second year NFL quarterback jump. Stamp it. It's a college jump now. It's real. It's here. He's a stud. He's ready to prove it. This, you know, this lineup is is stacked in terms of receivers. I think the tight ends are better than people expect. I think Justin Ball's a really good pass catcher. Um, I think he's going to have an awesome season. I think he's going to really lead the Commodores, and I think he's going to end up getting uh, getting honored by the SEC.
0: I love that. I'm going to go from a team point of view. Everyone asks, is Vanderbilt going to make a bowl game? I say yes. I say they will win because, like Aiden said, we think they're going to go 3-1 and in the non-conference slate, and you, have a, you need at least—if you get six wins, you're likely going to get a bowl game. Yeah,
1: it would be— Pretty unprecedented. Pretty for unprecedented. Them to not and get if
0: you're in the SEC, let's say six games gets you a a, a bowl win. Yeah. So UNLV, that's a win. Mm-hmm. In my prediction, Alabama and M, Hawaii. Home against Kentucky, they lose Will Levis, and we have their number. Yep. Home against Missouri, we should have beaten them that last year. Yep. But Mike Wright couldn't convert on a fourth and one on their fifth yard line. And then my fifth is a curveball. In South Carolina, I have never been a believer in Spencer Rattler. Okay. And I think Vanderbilt had a lot going on last season with the Dan Jackson scandal and all this. And yep. everything was happening. And it was kind of right before Vanderbilt had a resurgence. I think I see, like I said, South Carolina, Missouri, Hawaii, Alabama, Al- uh, Alabama A&M, UNLV, and Kentucky. That's where I see Vanderbilt winning. I see legitimately three SEC games, so they could, so they could get six or seven wins comfortably. And I, I really think that because people have bought into Clarkley's system. Again, we're optimistic. It's August. There's a lot of pigskin left to be played, but I'm just so excited for the season. And why not believe in a bowl game?
1: I love it. I love it. I, I believe in it as well. I really do. Um, do we want to transition to soccer very briefly?
0: Yes. So. Soccer's been very exciting. Obviously, they lose three of their four best goal scorers from last season, so that's a loss. But it didn't show to be a loss against their home, op- their season opener against Chattanooga where they won 3-1. to one. But then they dr- drew in a scoreless affair against UMass, and that's just unacceptable. This is non-conference play. Like Aiden, we were saying this before, when you're near the box, you got to get the goal in the net. A- and that's really been Vanderbilt's Achilles heel.
1: Yeah, I think it's been a problem and you know Sam Curtis will come back from you know his hiatus when he was abroad at some point and he'll talk more about this because he's kind of our soccer expert. but it was a problem all of last season. They could not figure out how to convert it. They led in possession, I think, every single game last year, save for one or two against some of the heavy hitters in the SEC. But regardless, they had the ball. They had the opportunities, and they could not convert. And they did a good job of it against Chattanooga. They had 69% possession, 19 shots, and they scored three goals. Um, Super impressive. They got a couple of freshmen involved. Rachel Doreski, one of their better returning players, one of the SEC preseason watch list players, had two assists. Um, And then they went right back to it against UMass. They had nine corners, 23 shots, including six on goal, and 66% possession, including 40%. In the opponent's third, attacking third, you know they were they were on the offense for forty percent of the time they had the ball, and they didn't score and they drew zero zero. They absolutely should have won that game. They were by far the better team. Absolutely. They probably needed five more minutes and they would have won that game, but you know, that doesn't mean anything. A tie is a tie, um, and I think you know, sometimes you continue to work those things out and it doesn't automatically cure itself over an off season. Sometimes you need to say, here's our strategy in the offseason. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's take it to the field. And that's what you know, kind of a lighter non-conference is for. You're taking it to the field. You're going through those growing pains. And I think they have the talent to get through those growing pains. It's just really a matter of can they really implement it.
0: And it's going to be really exciting exciting to see how the next few games will will alleviate these issues. And hopefully Vanderbilt starts putting goals in the net. And, and it's really exciting. Aiden, anything else before any other takes before Vanderbilt plays a Y?
1: Do we want to do score prediction? It's time. All right, so we won 63-10 last year. I'm coming out with another massive win. It's not going to quite be 50 points, but we're going go to go 68-24. to
0: So just to give you guys all context, when Vanderbilt scored 63 points, that was their most amount of points scored since 1969. Aiden's betting that they will score more than that. Gotta believe. Saturday. Gotta believe. Wilson. He's saying sixty-eight points. Yep, it's quite a lot. I'm gonna be a little bit more rational. I'm gonna say forty-two to fourteen. Okay, I like that. I like that. I, I think still, I odd. still think there's a lot of a lot of game to be played. But like I said, Hawaii has so much dignity right now. I just don't see them being humbled by such a number, and they they have so much structure on their team now. You know, Timmy Chang. Clark Lee has so much respect for him and it's gonna be a great battle and I really think Vanderbilt ends up getting the edge because they they're better on paper. Yep. But I do think it will be competitive for at least the first quarter. Okay. Yeah. I mean I could see I could see it
1: being competitive in the first quarter and then them kind of blowing it open. Yep. I just have a lot of belief in this offense. I
0: really do. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, well, everyone, thank you so much, and we can't we can't wait to, to see you guys again next week.